Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast, brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm excited to be joined today by Charles Ryan Minton, keynote speaker and best-selling author of Thanks for Coming In Today. Charles, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So you're here today to share what other industries can learn from the hospitality sector around best-in-class customer experience. Before we dive in, though, do you want to give a quick introduction to our listeners? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks again for having me. Uh, you've got some uh, some great guests on this show, so pretty honored to be here. Um, yeah, my, my entire career has been mostly in the hotel business and hospitality, and I have just developed such a love and passion for the frontline employees and how crucial they are to the uh, customer experience overall and how much they impact our customer experience. So uh, my book, Thanks for Coming In Today, is really all about how to take care of those folks that are, at the end of the day, really responsible for providing that experience. Fabulous. And we're going to be diving into some of those key learnings shortly. Um, but as tradition on the show, to get things kicked off, I'd love for you to share a time recently where as a consumer, you experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer. Oh, great question. I actually just had an awesome experience with Delta Airlines. You know, airlines don't get a lot of kudos uh, as much as they probably used to. But I was flying to Cincinnati. I'm, I live in Florida, but I'm from Cincinnati and I flew to Cincinnati a few weeks ago with my wife and my two-year-old son for his birthday. And he was actually wearing a t-shirt that, that, that said birthday boy that my wife had purchased for him. And when we got on the plane, the flight attendant greeting the passengers immediately noticed his t-shirt and wished him happy birthday. It was, you know, great. And that's, that's really, I mean, expectations in general, I think are pretty low these days. So I really didn't expect anything beyond that. Um, once the plane was fully boarded, uh, to our surprise, they wished our son happy birthday over the PA, which was really cool. And then, um, about halfway through the flight, the crew brought us a personalized note card that they all signed wishing Charlie and my son happy birthday and then a bag full of snacks that they had put together um, for him for the rest of the ride. So um, really was really kind of just unexpected, nice gesture. Um, it really blew us away. It's interesting you say that airlines don't get a lot of kudos. They do on this podcast, I can tell you. I think probably okay. about maybe, I wouldn't say quite 50%, but a lot of the examples that we get are around airlines. Um, I love That's that cool. one. Are you, by any chance, are you like a frequent fly with them? Have you got any kind of special membership or anything like that at all? No, and that was what really kind of um, impressed me was that uh, I have no status with this airline. So Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, let's dive into it. So um, in the opening of the book, um, thanks for coming in today. You say that the only cost to great customer experience is you. Would you mind elaborating on that point for us? 
Yeah, you, you know what I mean by that is um, most of most people listening to this are probably not in the the owners. You know, they probably don't own their company. They're probably not building the budget necessarily. So there's a lot of things as CX leaders we cannot control. Can't control how much we pay our associates, employees hourly. Um, we cannot control necessarily what our budget is on what we can spend to, you know, do certain things for our employees. But what what we can control is how we make people feel and how we make our employees feel valued, feel heard, feel loved. And that's that's what I mean by that is, you know, I, I really through my career have found that while my competitor may be paying 25 cents, 50 cents a dollar, an extra an hour, if I can create an environment where my employees feel like they enjoy coming to work, they feel valued, they feel loved, they feel heard, they they will they will work and they are they will stick with us. They will not necessarily jump ship to um, you know an extra dollar an hour down the road. So so when I say you know the only cost is you, it's 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 really about understanding the impact you have as a leader on creating an environment where employees genuinely want to come to work. They wake up in the morning and say, wow, I'm excited to go to work today for Ryan or John. So that's what I mean by that. And then that excitement then transitions to the customer experience, right? Before, I guess, before you can nail your customer experience, you need to be nailing that employee experience because they're the ones ultimately on the front line delivering it. Yeah, I mean, employees, a baseline, if you're in, if you're in the customer service business, any type of customer service, if the employees internally are not enjoying what they're doing, it's not going to be felt by by the customer. So um, it's this idea that, you know, employees who feel like they matter are going to make customers feel like they matter. Yeah, we're going to touch on that a little bit um, more later on in the episode because it's such an important point around employee experience. Um, one other thing I want to discuss with you before that, though, is... Um, customer experience being a real differentiator in the market and and I know that you've got obviously extensive uh, experience in the hospitality sector but regardless of what industry you're in why do you think that customer experience can be such a key differentiator in the market and can you share some examples of where improving customer experience has ultimately helped you or a business that you've kind of been associated with get ahead of the competition well we're in such an experience economy I mean people are really really willing to spend a few extra bucks if they know they're going to have a better experience. And there's a lot of data that supports that. But me personally, in my experience as a hotel general manager and a hotel executive, I've seen time after time where um, customers are willing to choose a particular property or uh, a brand based on the value that they see in, in the customer service they're going to get. Uh, my my background is largely going into properties that are underperforming in customer service and customer experience and leveling up the service and then seeing how that immediately translates to higher profitability every time. Um, one of the examples I talk about in my book is, um, you know, in the Marriott brand, in the Marriott world in North America, there's 300 Marriott's that are um, considered full service Marriott's. And I was managing a 
Marriott in um, Cincinnati, Ohio, off the highway, I-75, just north of Cincinnati. It's a suburb, nothing special. The, really, the only thing at the exit where the hotel is located are some restaurants and some um, some retail. And when you looked at our rankings against other Marriott hotels, we were being measured against the same hotels that were in luxurious locations, tropical locations, uh, you know, Florida beaches, um, resorts in Arizona, East Coast, West Coast. And, and here we are ranking in the top 10 week after week after week against all these other great locations. And so, uh, in fact, I, I, I always talked about when you looked out most of our guest rooms, the only view you had was this giant electrical tower and highway. So I share that because it, it just goes to prove that, um, you know, you can have a beautiful location, you can have all the bells and whistles, um, or you cannot, and you can still provide a great experience as we did at this Marriott that was really in the middle of nowhere. And how that would translate for me, maybe across different industries might be that you might not, for example, have a, a product or a service that might be perceived as being particularly exciting or glamorous, but that wouldn't stop you from delivering a great customer experience and ultimately building you know, a base of loyal advocates that will stay with your brand and, and keep coming back. Um, just coming back to the point you, you mentioned there around profitability, because I think that's a really important point around customer experience, ultimately helping businesses to drive profitable growth could could you kind of go into a little bit more detail around what that looks like well look in the customer service business the way you win is with repeat customers and loyalty and repeat customers and loyalty translates to uh, a healthier bottom line when people are coming back because they enjoy your service they enjoy you um the the roi is is immeasurable but what you also get in that is typically your most loyal customers, your repeat customers, they're also your biggest advocates. They're your brand advocates. So they're out there telling other people to come visit you. So um, to me, that that's huge. Yep. Great point. Um, so I want to come back again to the employee experience part. And there's a great section in the book where you talk about the importance of treating your employees like customers. Again, would you mind sort of elaborating on that in a little bit more detail? Yeah, whenever I would take over a new property, one of the first things I do is I take a look at the back of the house areas, the uh, the employee break rooms, um, you know, the employee restrooms, things like that. Uh, I find these areas are typically a little, uh, you know, the the attention isn't typically there. So one of the first things I'll do is, um, you know as in the break room, for example, buy a new TV or um, put in a fresh coat of paint or something. And and the reason I do that is because I think it's symbolic to show the employees that your first act, your first, the first thing you spent money on was them, not the business, not the customer. It shows, it shows that you're investing in them first. I think, I think it's a very symbolic, um, way to, to communicate to the employees that you care about them. Um, the other thing that I talk a lot about when you, uh, when I talk about treating employees like customers is, um, making sure you're giving employees the tools they need to do their job. 
making sure that they have exactly what they need to execute on whatever it is that you're asking to do. Um, an example that I, I often use was there, um, there's a story in a, in the hotel business about a, um, a long-term employee at a hotel who was responsible for cleaning the, the public space, the lobby, the, the parts of the hotel that are, you know, not the guest rooms. And, she had been there a long time and she, she had actually decided to quit. And a lot of people were confused because she had been there so long. So, you know, upper management came in to try to understand, you know, why are you leaving us? You've been, you know, so loyal for all these years. And one of the things that she mentioned was that she was very frustrated because her manager, uh, she had been asking her manager for a couple months to provide her with a new mop. And mop is a major, you know, tool for her to keep the lobby clean and so what happens a lot of times, regardless of what business you're in, is someone at the top communicates that, okay, this month we have to cut expenses. We need to save, save, save. And so what happens is that message gets filtered down to the property or the site. Um, and all that's heard is we can't spend any money. And there are basic tools that our folks have to have to do their job appropriately. And in this case, you know, a mop is, is crucial to keeping a hotel lobby clean. And, you know, a mop only costs a few bucks and, you know, that's when, that's why I think it's so, so in, in this example, I often will say to people I'm working with, once I share this story, you know, what is on your company's mop list? What is what are the things in your business that your employees are asking for? These basic things that you're not providing, and oftentimes, nine times out of ten, what you'll find are these are things that are not a, not very high ticket items, and they are the things that they really need to to execute on what you're asking them to do. So, in the spirit of treating your employees like customers. You know, you wouldn't hesitate to spend a few extra bucks to to impact a customer, to wow a customer. The same idea needs to apply to your employees. You need to not hesitate to spend a few extra bucks to give them the tools they need to do their job. I love that concept. Um, just just switching gears a little bit. Um, so, as customer leaders, why do you think it's important to set the bar early when it comes to customer experience, and how should they go about doing that? Do you think? Well, you cannot leave customer service to chance. I often find when I work with companies that are really excited about providing a great customer experience, they're very passionate about it. They want to provide a great customer service, but they haven't communicated to the people that are providing that customer service what basic customer service looks like. What does good customer service look like? Especially with... Um, with with younger and younger generations coming online with with not as much many not as much exposure to soft skills we have to actually teach customer service we have to tell people what our expectation is if you're a storefront you have to explain to people that look when someone walks through the door our ex expectation is you make eye contact and you smile and with a few feet you're saying hello so i really believe in um teaching the the basics if, if you're serious about providing a great customer experience, you have to teach customer service basics. 
you have to set that expectation from the very beginning. In in my hotels, uh, before any employee sets foot on that front line, we are setting down with them and we're explaining to them what our basic expectation of customer service is. Um, you know, that we are going to smile at anyone that walks by. If someone asks for directions, we're going to escort them. These these basic things that um, really at the end of the day are good old-fashioned hospitality that a lot of us know or grew up on that we actually have to teach now. Yeah, I guess the point there is that you might be forgiven for assuming that people would just do that. Very, right. very basic stuff. But you really, I guess, have to spell it out right from the start to make sure that they are actually doing it. You do. I really believe that. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Charles, you covered some brilliant ground today. Just in closing, um, obviously the kind of, I suppose the theme of, of this this podcast was all around what lessons other industries can take from hospitality. So what are some of the, the key winning customer experience strategies that you think can be applied to any industry, regardless of whether it's hospitality or whatever it might be? Well, the, the first one is don't ever underestimate the impact you have as a uh, leader on the folks that you're managing and how much responsibility you have to create an environment where people want to come to work. People want to come to work and are excited to come to work and how crucial their engagement with you and your organization is and how that translates to your customer experience. So, so that would be my first thing. The second thing is, um, and we didn't touch on this, but but understanding how crucial the first impression is, and this is this is huge in the hotel industry, and it can be it can be applied anywhere, especially if you're face customer facing, is really take a hard look at what is that first impression of the customer with your business, and that's this isn't just you know how they feel when they walk in the door, how do they feel before they even come in the door? What is your you know, what does your parking lot look like? How does it feel when they interact with you on the website? Um, you know, it's a, it's an age old saying, you never get a, a second chance to make a first impression, but it, it is, it is huge. Um, just recently I was visiting a restaurant and I needed to use the restroom to wash my hands first. And I went in the restroom and it was, it was disgusting. And that immediately caused us to, to leave. So Look at all areas of your business and understand what those impressions are communicating about your overall experience. Charles, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's great. You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.